Hi, this is Jason McCarthy at Wickham Wanderers and you're listening to Wickham Sound. The Wickham Wanderers Show. Good evening and welcome to this week's Wickham Wanderers Show. It is Luke here instead of Colin. Oh dear, dear, dear. No, no, I'm sorry, Colin. Uh, it is, uh, if you're counting, Series 4, Episode 9 this evening. And on the way, even though Colin's not here, all the normal stuff... Uh, we'll chat to Phil in a few moments' time for our pre-match briefing ahead of Charlton on Saturday. Uh, Carl Robinson from the Wickham Wanderers Foundation chats to Colin about uh, their street soccer initiative, which kicked off last week. Uh, Charlie Goff on Wickham Wanderers under-19s based at Henley College. Uh, Wickham Wanderers women forward Katie Riddington. Uh, former midfielder, captain, coach, manager, very briefly, uh, Keith Ryan on, the thir- on his 30 years in Football League. And, of course, there is the Wickham Wanderers manager, Matt Bloomfield, at this week's press session. However, as always, let's start by talking to Phil. Evening, Phil, uh, and a great win on Tuesday evening. Yeah, it's a, a much maligned competition by the fans and the attendance reflected that as well. But for the young players of both teams, this competition is a fantastic opportunity for, for game time and to catch the eye. I think there were over 20 scouts from other teams there as well on the night. So a big opportunity for the for the young lads and from a Wickham perspective, uh, a really good night. Another clean sheet, another win uh, and even with nine changes, it all counts for momentum. Uh, great to see uh, Franco Ravazzoli get his debut, Declan Skura full debut, Kieran Sadley a full debut, Taylor Clark coming off the bench for his debut too. I think I've remembered them all. Uh, plus also vital minutes for Jasper Pattenden, David Wheeler, on his uh, sort of, this is his pre-season, almost having had an injury throughout the summer. Um, so a really good opportunity uh, for the youngsters, opportunity for the more established players to get match fit and get themselves in the frame for the for the league games on Saturday. So you know, a really good night. Three points on the board in whatever group we're in 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 uh, in this competition, um, with the other two drawing. So with Wimbledon getting the penalty win, they got two points. Stevenage on one point. So technically, one more win in the next two games should be enough to get us into the next round for the first time for a few years. So a really good night. And after the game, it was a boy at Matt Bloomfield that I spoke to. Uh, Gaffer, another win. That's great for momentum. Yeah, absolutely. I just said to the boys, it's a, it's a nice habit to get into winning games and it's really important to, um, to try and keep that momentum going. Um, we spoke to the boys before about performance. It was, a, it was an opportunity for several of the boys to to up their minutes and an opportunity for several of the boys to, to try and impress and show what they've got. So we didn't want them to do anything that they haven't been doing in development games, some of the younger boys, and I thought they, they stuck to the task really well and um, it was a deserved victory. And it, like we said earlier on, it was a, it's a nice habit to get into. Several debuts as well. Talk us through those. Yeah, I think that um, obviously we, we, we think a lot of uh, the development boys that we've got in the building. We haven't gone big on numbers. We've tried to um, keep the quality as high as we possibly can and we want to try and dip the boys in when we feel like they're ready. Um, Declan's someone who's def- you know played really, really well in pre-season and development games. Jasper's been... You know, not just knocking on the door, banging on the door all pre-season and the start of the season. So we felt that that was really important um, to give him 90 minutes and have a real good look at him in a, in a wing-back position, which is obviously the way we've been playing recently. So that was that was fantastic. And um, later on, Taylor Clark, who again has come from a slightly lower level and, and had been with us a short amount of time and, and trying to pick up his minutes in development football. But I really feel like he deserved an opportunity to, to get on the pitch, even for a small amount of time tonight. So uh, a real mature boy who we... We're really pleased to have, and, and I thought the boys equipped themselves well. If I've missed anyone, then I apologise. 
but also good minutes for the likes of Kieran Sadlier for a debut, David Wheeler on his way back from injury still getting the minutes, and, and minutes for Voxy too. Yeah, and, and Franco in goal, I apologise, I, I missed out Franco, I thought he was very secure, I thought he did um, everything that could have been asked, his distribution was very good, he was very commanding in, in goal, uh, obviously we know lots about Sadzi, someone who's been um, you know, well known to us at the football club for a number of years. Um, and, and Will's obviously working his way back from his injury, trying to trying to eke him towards ninety minutes as soon as and as safely as we can. So, uh, all in all, uh, a really satisfying evening. Talk us through the the penalty at the end there because it was retaken, but from the gantry, it wasn't entirely clear what it was given for. No, I wasn't. <laughs> uh, obviously, Lukey's got a very good penalty record, so it was a, first and foremost, it was a big, big surprise when he missed. Um, and I think uh, the, the the ref said that the goalkeeper moved off his line, so um, encroaching, which means a retake. Obviously, you don't have a great view from the dugout to see that, but I don't think Lukey's is going to miss twice, and, and he stuck it away. So I think it was a, you know, a well-deserved victory. We had felt like we had lots of chances of not looked at the stats or watched it back yet but felt like we had a lot of shots a lot of chances Sads particularly came on to a lot second half and Dale and TJ had a couple um, so it felt like we were in the ascendancy um, I thought Crystal Palace and the young team that they had acquitted themselves extremely well just had a real good chat with, with Darren Powell in, in the office and um, yeah congratulations to their boys because it looks like a few of them have got big futures ahead of them and again, to underline the importance of the competition for them, they look really gutted at the end to lose this one. Yeah, definitely. Well, you know, we just spoke to them there that, you know, for them it's a learning, you know, which of these boys are going to really take on the opportunity and, and kick themselves forward, you know, in a competitive game against senior opposition. So for them, it's a, it's a massive learning um, for them and their staff and, and a big step forward uh, in the young lads in their career. So I think it's a good, you know, competition. I think it's really important that we're allowed to mix and match. And I think it's really important that, like we say, off the back of tonight, you've got Sads getting closer to 90, Will's getting closer to 90, you've got TJ got 90 in his legs, you know, Jasper, Declan, all the boys we spoke about. I thought Kesey was top draw. Um, the way he quits himself as a senior member of the team, as captain, and um, I thought he was top draw tonight. So um, very good, and, and we're pleased with the night's work. A few of my friends were at Adams Park on Tuesday, and they were very impressed with what they saw from such people like Jasper Patterson. Yeah, big, big opportunity for Jasper as well. He, he's, he's had to be patient. He's not had his chance in the league yet this season. Uh, and just talking to Gareth McCleary on commentary the other night, um, and we see ourselves up at the training ground, just how hard he works, not just out on the pitches, but he's, he's always the last one in the gym in the week as well. He, he's really grafted for that opportunity and, uh, and didn't disappoint. And, you know, with the injury to Jason McCarthy being uh, a longer term one than we originally thought, uh, right wing back could be a position where, where Jasper could be required. So going back to what I said earlier on about the importance of this competition for the younger players and the manager, it's given Matt Bloomfield a really good look at Jasper Patton at right wing back in a competitive game. And it was a physical competitive game against a Crystal Palace side. I think the most physical side I've seen in an under 21s uh, game uh, in this competition since it started like that. So yeah, great opportunity for Jasper and he didn't disappoint. I thought he did really well. Uh, likes to get forward as well. We know what his attacking ability is about, but uh, a disciplined defensive performance as well. And you learn from every game as well. And Richard Keogh in that back three would have been excellent for Jasper as well. And we spoke to Jasper after the game and he's normally pretty bubbly. He was very buzzing on Tuesday. Jasper, a very competitive 90 minutes and the all-important three points. How was it? Yeah, and no, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was good. Um, games like that, playing against sort of under twenty three Premier League oppositions, you don't really know what to expect. Um, we did as much prep on them as we could, and and we knew there'd be a side that will play football, as most Cat One academies do. 
Um, but they have that physical presence as well that we saw tonight. They weren't afraid to go and behind that pace in, in the final third. Um, but no, it was a competitive game and obviously happy to come away with the win. And how important is this competition? Because it's given you that 90 minutes uh, and hopefully more more to come in the, in the group stages and more again if we get out of the group. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, people you hear people talk about the competition a little bit in in probably a negative light. But I mean, I think it speaks for itself when you see the finals at Wembley. Um, everybody wants that opportunity to go to Wembley and, and for people like myself and others, and it, it's good opportunities to get, get 90 minutes in the tank. Um, so yeah, we take this competition extremely seriously. Gaffer said before the game, you can see the sort of team he put out tonight. Um, it wasn't a token gesture at all and we wanted to go and win the game and, and, and we did that. Uh, Gareth McCleary on, on comms says how hard you work in training so it must be great to be rewarded with that 90 minutes as well and that opportunity. Yeah, of course. Um, I mean, sort of training every day is all you can do, work hard. Um, uh, I appreciate that, G. I mean, we're having a bit of a, a rig off at the moment so yeah, I'm working hard <laughs> to try and get on his level. Um, but no, yeah, work hard in training and, and you do that to get those opportunities and yeah, grateful the gaffer gave me that tonight and um, Hopefully I'll repay the favour. It was probably the most competitive game in terms of physicality I've seen against an under-21 team in the few years this competition's had those teams in. How was it out on the pitch? Yeah, physical. Um, it was it was tough. Um, they were they were physical. They were a good side. Um, like you say, there was a, a fair few yellow cards in the game. There wasn't light of a couple of challenges. Um, but I think you want that. You want that competitive edge. Me, personally, I enjoy that. Um, I like that little bit of nastiness in the game. I think... Um, it was handled well and I think we dealt with that well and, um, and we really put our stamp on the game. And what was it like having someone like Richard Keogh marshalling the defence? He's obviously a debutant alongside him as well in, in Declan Skura, but having those experienced heads like the David Wheeler, etc. as well, that must have been really good to have alongside you. Yeah, having players like that is priceless. I mean, Keezy's made the most cha- championship starts out of anyone. So, I mean, having that sort of player around to learn from, I mean, not just today, every day in training, um, just being able to p- pick his brains. He, m- he might think I'm annoying him at time to time, but no, it's, it's absolutely priceless. And, and one thing that sort of you hear from experienced pros is, is badger me, take everything you can because they have got so much to give. Um, so, yeah, it's great to play alongside those players and learn from them every day. Um, and we do learn a lot of young players from, from people like that. Uh, another stat from GMAC on the commentary, Luke Lee, he's never missed a penalty. Nearly did tonight. Yeah, I mean, um, I, everyone had their heart in their mouth. And I mean, when the when the retake was given and he put it in, I said to him when he was celebrating, I said, thank God you put that in because I, uh, I was giving it the big one on the edge of the box to some of their players. So, oh, thank goodness it was in the corner. I mean, yeah, of course, he keeps his record just about um, sums him up, don't he, the lucky boy. Uh, from the trophy then, back into the league, uh, it is Charlton on Saturday. Uh, before Saturday's game, though, uh, 2-0 win over Blackpool uh, last weekend, 1-0 win over Northampton, uh, and before that, a 2-1 win against, uh, as we all remember, Bristol Rovers. It's been going rather well in the last few games. Yeah, there's some momentum building in the league, which is fantastic. Um, after the first two games of the season, where if you looked online, you know the season was over, uh, it's a bit of a weird time of year. I always find this first 10 games... I've always said it, wait till 10 games, have a look at the table, and that's a really good reflection on where you are over a body of games, almost uh, or just under a quarter of the way through the season. Um, and it's shaping up OK for Wickham Wanderers. Obviously, we've got another three games to go before we hit that magic 10-game uh, mark. But I think Wickham have, have been excellent these last three games in, in the league and really shown uh, some real progress. Uh, let's not forget the huge amount of change that happened in the summer. Uh, that might explain... Uh, the slow start in the first two games in the league Um, and as Matt Bloomfield pointed out don't get too low when things are really going against you like they were in the first two games but equally let's not get too high because we've won a few games back to back as well there's a very long season to go 
many twists and turns ahead, no doubt, and it's about keeping as level-headed as possible. And it's great to see Matt Bloomfield adopting that strategy. But who knows what we can do on Saturday. Um, Charlton are in a, better, a fairly sort of turbulent start to the season themselves. They find themselves at the wrong end of the table. It's going to be the first game in charge for Michael Appleton at the Valley, his second game as Charlton manager. And they've got quite a lot of players there. They've had quite a lot of turnover themselves. Um, so it could be a good time to get them. Uh, we were something well that we found out, and you mentioned then about Charlton about the changes they had over the the summer. But also with Wickham with the amount of new players coming in, and something actually that if people watch this week's pre match drills, uh, here we'll hear Chris Freno say about relationships being built, and we've seen it more and more over the last couple of weeks, and they are really starting to gel now. Yeah, and you know, match the match environment is very different to the training ground as well. So they'd have been getting to know each other uh, up at the training ground all through pre season, and, and we've seen how they're bonding and, and how well they've done there. But it's those relationships during the intensity of a match are the really, really important ones. And we've seen that um, taking place in front of our very eyes. And, you know, there's no real replica for that, for the the cut and thrust of League One. And, you know, they've had to learn that the harsh way uh, at some points. But after that first two games, we've seen some really, really good signs. And, you know, I've I've spoke about it a lot in the commentary in the last three or four games. Freddie Potts, you can see his, his arc. We all know what a gifted footballer is, but he's really getting to grips with the physical nature of League One now and starting to really affect games and show his real quality on the ball as well at times. So um, long may that continue. Uh, and that's happening from back to front. Uh, something we should also mention and check in on how are you are doing after Sunday. Uh, yeah, OK, actually. Um, Monday was a sort of wake up and sort of dare to move my legs whilst looking at the ceiling thinking, is this going to be a long day? Not too bad. I actually went for another walk on Monday just to kind of have a stretch. Uh, which was good. Tuesday, which everyone told me would be the bad day, um, yeah, it was fairly struggle, a bit of a struggle, especially having to get up to the gantry on Tuesday evening. Yeah, for the game. I was slightly concerned for <laughs> you. I was seeing if we could get some of like a stand a stair lift or something up there. <laughs> but yeah, doing all right. I played tennis yesterday, and uh, yeah, the first half hour was fantastic. And then I got tired incredibly quickly. <laughs> so um, yeah. What an atmosphere at Adams Park, though, when, when, when you returned. Yeah, that was fantastic. Um, what a day as well. And, you know, what a club because. Yeah. Um, you know, Jeff Stelling and everyone at Prostate Cancer UK has said it. Um, what a wonderful club, what a wonderful reception and, and host. Uh, and it, it put the club in the best of lights. And, you know, Bill would have been proud of the whole club, I think, on on Sunday. And what an effort by everybody because the huge amount of money that's been raised yeah. and also, equally as importantly, the amount of awareness that's been raised as well. And just walking around the whole route, the amount of cars tooting at us, uh, one or two that perhaps not too impressed having to wait for 400 people to cross the road, but, you know, I'm sure they'll... Sounds like a bit of a joke. 400 people cross the road, why? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they'll go over their little weight. But, um, but yeah, I mean, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant day. Yeah. And the people that we met along the route, the stories, fantastic. £234,000 raised so far, and there's still plenty of time to donate as well. Yeah, if you haven't donated, and if you can, I know it's not easy at the moment, but if you can... Uh, it's a worthwhile cause because one in eight men will suffer from prostate cancer. You'll know someone that's had it. You'll know somebody's going to get it. Um, and it needs to be, we need to find a cure for this as soon as possible. Uh, if you can't get to the game uh, on Saturday, uh, live commentary here on Wickham Sound, Alan Wanderers TV. Who have you got with you? Very excited to say we've got Duncan Alexander, Hurrah. a.k.a. Oily Sailor, a.k.a. Opta Joe, original Opta Joe. Um, so it's never dull with Duncan no. Alexander because he's he's... Very stats-based, but he's very entertaining with it. 
and you'll often find something completely new that you wouldn't have ever thought of about a game or a player or anything really. Uh, and he's a Wickham diehard, so it'll be interesting to see his thoughts on the game. Uh, let's not give it away also, but Tuesday's Ring the Blues, it's going to be a good one. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a co-hosted Ooh. with a Wickham Wanderers player for the first time. Find out who that is on Tuesday. A big thank you to Phil, as always. Uh, and as mentioned, uh, Colin has been talking to Carl Robinson from the Wickham Wanderers Foundation about their Street Soccer Initiative, which kicked off last week. So we actually got approached by Street Soccer Foundation a while ago about doing one of their provisions called Street Soccer Academy, which is a provision for 18 to 30-year-olds, which is made up of football coaching, mindset training and employability skills for those that are homeless or on the cusp of homelessness or are currently struggling to get into employment so they're currently unemployed. As a foundation, we're trying to use provisions like this that actually we can use it for a vehicle for good and actually we can better these people's lives from it, whether that's improving their soft skills so they can go on into employment or even if it's getting a job and getting employed that could then take them out of either being on the cusp of homelessness because they then have a bit of sustainability in their life and a platform that is more stable. So what do the sessions consist of? So the sessions consist of it on a Thursday from 10 till 11.30, which is a practical football session, which will be fun games, also with a bit of elements of football coaching added into it. So kind of building those skills up through actually the practical side. And then they will then come to Adams Park, and then they will then do a session from 12 to 2, which is normally a, a theory-based one, kind of just building on what we've worked on in the morning and a lot of like the mindset and also those soft skill development. So what sort of feedback have you had from those who have taken part already? Some of those have actually said that they've actually really enjoyed it so far. Even like stuff with the mindset, they didn't actually realise until they've actually started or they've been kind of not taught it, but they've been guided. And actually, they're looking at things in more of a positive aspect and just more positive about their um, outcomes within the future. Well, as you say, positive for yourself as well and the rest of the team who are delivering this as well, just to see their, their development, even in the early stages. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. That's why we do what we do, because we love helping people. We love helping the community. And actually having that platform to help people like that is absolutely massive and superb for us. And great to be able to offer that as well, because I think many people who, who are in a difficult situation might not realise that you know there is this sort of support and, and help available for them. Yeah, ex- exactly that. Especially one thing that I've noticed since being in this role is actually you actually take things for granted and actually you take a step back and you're like, actually, we need to be doing more to help people. And that's why we're so good as a foundation that we help the community, and especially a programme like this. We're helping people that have come up on hard times, but actually we can help them either out of that or even if it's guiding them on to the next stages, actually then they can then get themselves out of that. And what do you hope that they take away from this course? So I hope they take away unbelievable experiences. Some of the opportunities are like playing. So at the end of the uh, course, they get to play a tournament at London Stadium, which is the home of West Ham, or those that know it as the Olympic Stadium, which they get to play against other teams like West Ham, Leicester, Chelsea, Sunderland, Liverpool, Millwall, just to name a few. But it's all, all using those experiences and actually how we can develop them into being the best versions of themselves, which I think is absolutely key. And how can we find out more? So the best way of doing it is they can either email me, which is carl.robinson at wwfc.com, or they can ring us for more info on 01494 
455736. Thank you for giving this, us this platform and hopefully we can get as many people on board and we can make an even bigger impact than we have already. Online, on Radio Player and on 106.6 FM, this is Wickham Sound. The Wickham Wanderers Show, Thursdays from 7. Still to come on this week's Wickham Wanderers show, Charlie Goff uh, tells us all about the Wickham Wanderers under-19s at Henley College, plus the latest from the Wickham Wanderers women as well. Uh, Time though for this week's ex-player chat with always thanks to Wickham Wanderers Ex-Players Association. Uh, This week's chat is with a former midfielder, captain, coach manager and talking about uh, his 30 years in the Football League with Colin. It's the one and only Keith Ryan. Funnily enough, I was speaking to John Taylor, who... um does a lot around the club great guy um, involved in the ex-players association as you know um, and we both were amazed that it's 30 years it seems incredible to think that um, yeah all those special memories were 30 years ago yeah incredible and I guess as well, it, it seems even more of an achievement if you like kind of looking back on it now than, than when you were involved in it at the time I think all of those um, occasions sort of uh, surprise you the enormity of them um, I know we're talking about, um, at the moment, the, the entry into the Football League, which was massive. It was life-changing. Um, the biggest, probably, thing that's happened in, I'm barring my, my family life, my children and everything, my marriage. And, but football-wise, the biggest thing that happened to me, because it, um, it was life-changing. It allowed me to, to play professional football, which is brilliant. But even, you know, the games that I played in the FA Cup and, you know, the semi-final um, of the FA Cup, when I watch games now, the semi-final of the FA Cup, I think, wow, you know, to think I've been involved in that was pretty, pretty cool as well. Because when you're wrapped up in it, you're right. You don't really um, realise the enormity. You're in a bit of a bubble and you just get on with it. It's, it's your job. So, uh, yeah, but we look back and it's uh, an incre- incredible, incredible in- in- achievement. And what it did do is pave the way for um, the modern day Wickham Wanderers, um, who are doing great at the moment under under Matty Bloomfield. So, yeah, we should be very proud of our achievements. And did it at the time, did it feel like, you know, a real development of the both the club and obviously the team as well and, and the way that, you know, Martin got you all playing and, and there's a real, you know, we've spoken before about the real, there was a real spine of the team, wasn't there, and a real kind of style of play as well? Yeah, it was, as I say, I mean, it was big and we, we, we knew the enormity of it and it was so special in that we were, we were non-league. I mean, a lot of us didn't have, like... Um, massive careers um, in front of us as in sort of work-wise outside of football but what we did hope for was that um, football would be our career going forward so I mean all the effort and application that we uh, put put into all of the games that season um, were purely to change our lives you know you know if you'd have said to me a couple of years before when I was playing almost park football for Burkhampstead Town that um, two years in the future I would potentially be a professional footballer getting paid to play football every day. I, I'd have thought, thought you were, were mental, to be honest. But after give, being given the opportunity to, to sign for Wickham, me, Steve Guppy, Dave Carroll, Jason Cousins, the, the list is endless, you know, all wanted that for ourselves. And uh, I think that was the driving force, really, because the club were... 
were geared up for it. That, that's what they wanted. Um, it was different for them, you know, negotiating full-term contracts with everyone, ripping up the old part-time contracts um, and moving into a new era was very exciting and um, something, as I say, we, we should all be very proud of. And it feels like as well, speaking to, to some of those people that you've mentioned as well, and Matt Crosley was on the show the other week talking about, you know, we, we spoke to him ahead of that Sutton game and, and there was that, uh, when, when you played against Sutton, and there was that belief in the change yeah. rooms that you, that you would win, which, which is something that, you know, you can't just manufacture, I guess. Exactly that. I mean, there, you talk about the character of the team and I think if you asked anybody um, in that changing room on that day specifically about that that game at Sutton, we were we were down in the game from the first leg. But to a man, you you if you'd have gone round to anyone and said, "Will you win today? Will you will you eventually get to Wembley again?" Everyone would have told you yes. And I think that was uh, twofold in some ways. One because it was instilled in us um, by Martin O'Neill, who was brilliant. We've all mentioned him. Uh, before he was a breath of fresh air for all of us guys, but equally, Martin picked players um, who really wanted to win that would give their all to try and achieve and win things. Um, we might not have been the best players sometimes, you know. Myself, you know, certainly I, I, I watched players come and go that probably had more ability than I did, but I could pretty much guarantee you that nobody wanted to win more than I did, and nobody would leave everything on the pitch, you know, to try and get results. So I, I know that that stood me in good stead when um, when Martin was picking teams, um, certainly to go out and win games of football and cup competition. Um, I think that's why I played. Well, I know that I played every game in that, that, that in the league season, every second of every game, I'm pretty sure. And um, all, if not most of all the games in um, in the FA Trophy. So, yeah, yeah, really good times. And I'm sure you get asked a lot, but is it possible to say, you know, what's so special about the club? Because obviously, you know, just the fact alone that you played over 500 times is, is you know, and, and obviously the, the current manager now, you know, played and coached yeah. was, was there a long time as well. Yeah, no, there is a there's a special connection. Well, I can only speak for myself. Matty Bloomfield will tell you a different story. Dave Carroll, Jason Cousins, all these guys that played a lot of games, Mark West before us. Um, and all the all the old old boys that that played uh, in the seventies and eighties who played, I mean Tony Horseman who played uh, countless games. Um, yeah, I think there was a connection between the players, the team, the town. Um, yeah, I certainly as soon as I walked through the door, I felt very welcome. I felt as though that I'd been given an opportunity by Wickham Wanderers. Um, I. Um, yeah, the other thing is that I, ne- I, I I never got tempted away. I was a little bit unfortunate getting injuries during that period. I'm pretty sure if I'd have um, if I'd have stayed fit and, and clear of injury, I might well have moved on and, and, and played at a different different level and for a different team. But my circumstances over my 17 year journey were that um, every time. Um, my contract was due for renewal. I was happy to sign it. They were happy to to offer me one. Wickham were happy to offer me one. And um, yeah, I just felt that it was a sort of a, a marriage made in heaven in some ways. Um, I was fairly local. I was living in Amersham when I first started playing for for, for Wickham. And then I, you know, when I moved out of my parental home, I I was local all the time. And um, yeah, it's just been yeah a, a really good coming together and. Uh, I enjoyed every minute of it. 
It must have been such a special feeling as well to be at that one club and, and experience that whole working your way up and then you know feeling more of a senior player and obviously being captain and, and helping others who are coming into the side as well and then obviously going on to, to coach the team as well and even, even manage for a short period. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I can look back with pride on my playing career, but not only that, you're, you're right, you've hit the nail on the head. <clears throat> and um, yeah, to go off on a tangent a little bit, I'm involved with, I live in, in um, a village uh, called Flatwell Heath. It's quite a big village. It's got a football team. And you, you touched on it earlier. When you get older as a, as a footballer, I believe you have um, a responsibility to give something back. I was helped along the way on my journey by many, many people um, that I was very grateful to for, for giving me the time, the patience to sit and talk to me and, and teach me about how to play and um, what it meant to be a, a Wickham player. Um, and yeah, through my Wickham journey, um, I certainly got that encouragement when I was older, when I got into my 30s, I felt as though I should give back to the younger players. I'm really pleased to say that I, I'm pretty sure me and others had influence on the likes of Matt Bloomfield and Russell Martin and all the guys that went off to do. Roger Johnson went to do some brilliant things in football uh, and are doing great stuff in management now. Uh, Mike Williamson, there's, there's, there's a load of those players that are ex-players that are doing so well, um, certainly did in their career and in management. Um, and I think you are duty bound to give a little bit back. That's my opinion. It might not be shared by everyone, but that's what I certainly felt. I was lucky enough to, to go onto the coaching staff or again, I think I, I had something to offer. And now the reason why I'm not, it's not full time, but the reason why I, I go on a rainy Tuesday or rainy Thursday to, to watch and, and help uh, with Flatwell Heath um, uh, nowadays, and they've got two great guys that, that run the team, Chris Ayers and, and Paul Schoen. They do a great job, but I love to go up there and have an influence um, because I just think it's my duty to try and give back. It's my local local team now. I mean, I love Wickham, obviously. I've got um, a lot of history there, but I live in the village here in Flatpole, and I just want them to do well, and I want to impart some knowledge to those younger players who are, you know, they, they might not ha- aspire to be pro- professional players, but I do think it's a bit of a duty of mine to, to give back and, and help where I can. It just shows what football is as well, doesn't it? You've got that sort of real connection uh, to the sport because you can imagine, you know, we've said to other ex-players as well, you can't imagine, you know, uh, me ringing you up and, and talking about if you were an accountant, for example, you know, some <laughs> so, so, some great numbers that you crunched 30 years ago or, or something, you know, that you, you did really well with a spreadsheet. It just, it just doesn't seem the same, does it? And, and the experiences that you've had in, in dressing rooms and, and experiences, as you say, obviously uh, with the, the cup at Villa Park as well. Yeah, well, that's exactly it. I think you, you, none of us would do it if we didn't love the sport. And I do say this, you can be frustrated with the sport and what goes on in and around it. And there's, it's a tough environment, really, really is. And the more you know about um, uh, behind the scenes at a football club, really, really tough, you know, and there's some unscrupulous people, I'm, I'm sure, you know, around, around these clubs all over the country. Um, there's a lot of, um, people undermining other people's positions to crawl over people to get to the top. Yeah, yeah, that happens. I'm sure it happens in big business as well. But you can't take away from the fact that, well, I can't take away from the fact that besides all that, it's the game I truly love. You know, I can watch lots of sports and appreciate lots of sports, but nothing floats my boat like a, a game of football and to be involved in it and to try and help and um, watch and nurture young people is 
is quite important, I think, you know, and um, and to give them some standards, you know, you know, I, it, it, it's difficult at uh, a lower level. It's, I mean, it, I think young kids seem to think that it's the right thing to do to argue and answer back and have a row with referees and linesmen and other managers. And it's actually not. It's not the right thing to do. So all the way down along the line, you have to try and you know, enlighten these these young lads who, you know, if they want to have a serious go at it, they need to be respectful and humble and all the things that, you know, Matthew Bloomfield and Matthew Bloomfield and, and uh, Gareth Ainsworth, you know, instilled in his his team um, in, in the more recent years. Um, yeah, I just think it's important because it's our job to save football from all the all the rubbish that goes on around it. And if you say it quickly, I think 30 years doesn't sound that long ago. But, but even in that time, you, you must have noticed how, how the game has changed. I mean, you know, obviously, we've been, spoken to, to players who, who've played for you know, much longer ago and the ball was much heavier, for example, and they were at Lokes Park on the slope and things like yeah. that. But, but even, you know, even the time from when you started it, you, you must have noticed that you know, there's been change in obviously the style of play and the pace of the game. 100%. 100% yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, we played some good football, no doubt about it, no question. Um, but it was it was blood and guts and it was powerful and it was um, the challenges were just so different to, to what they are now. I think the game has come on leap, leaps and bounds and sometimes not for the best because a wholehearted tackle and a, you know, a shoulder barge and whatever else used to go on years ago. I, I loved that side of the game, you know, and I think um, the fans really loved it as well, but we need to protect players. There's no doubt about it. We lost too many players through injury uh, uh, over the, the years before now we're still losing players through injury but it the, the the guys get much more protection now which has got to be the right way if if those changes have made the likes of Lionel Messi flourish and Ronaldo flourish and all the good young players that are coming through now uh, the Jude Bellinghams and and the, the Fodens um you know blossom and come through then that's got to be a good thing and you mentioned the coaching, obviously, that you're doing at Flackwell and that you've done at Wickham as well. Do you, do you have a real soft spot, I guess, more for, for players, especially who, who play in your position? I do, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I mean, I was lucky, Colin. I played in lots of positions. So, yes, central midfield was my thing. And, and it, to me, it was always a running game. So I do harp on about, you know, you can be the best passer of the ball in the world, but you still have to run. You know, so, you know, it's a, it's a running game. Um, midfielders have to be able to run, I think. Roy Keane was one of the best at it. He was a motivator. He would say that, you know, the best ones had to run around. But equally, I played lots of games at centre-half. I enjoy coaching centre-halves and full-backs and forwards. I played a lot. The cup run, I played most of my games as a centre-forward. So I, I know the sort of things that that, that people or, or the positions, I know the positions and I can, as you say, sort of... Uh, pass on a little bit of knowledge to those guys and if I can that's great and if they don't want to listen then that's fine as well so yeah I just do what I feel is right and um, if we get a bit of success from it or if those lads um, can achieve something and and have a small part of the enjoyment I got from winning games and winning leagues and winning cups then then I've I've succeeded. And so impressive, obviously, you know, the, the calibre of opposition, you know, Wickham are coming up against these days, obviously compared to, to when you were. But it, there must be, I guess, teams that Wickham come up against. We've got Charlton coming up this weekend. Uh, there are certain games or, or teams opposition that they really sort of pricks your memory and think, oh, yes, I remember, I remember clashes with them. Well, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Colchester games were brilliant, weren't they? You know, that rivalry over time, 
was phenomenal and um yeah some good characters involved in in those those storylines but equally you talk about caliber of teams it wasn't so long ago that we were playing we, uh, the, the season that man city got uh, promoted from league 1 we beat them home and away that year and would you believe that manchester city and and, and on the amazing team they've got now um it's just incredible so yeah yeah um i was lucky enough to play um, for many years, and come against, come up against some brilliant um, teams um, with loads of history. Um, yeah, so it's just been a, a great, great, um, a great career that I've really enjoyed thoroughly. And um, yeah, it's lovely to look back on and um, talk about. You talked about the ex-players with the JDT as well. Of course, the, the dinner coming up in, in November, which I guess it has this sort of theme of this 30 years and, and fantastic for, for you and, and ex-teammates to, to really get together. And obviously there are so many that you're still in touch with, but I'm sure there'll be, there'll be a few on the night that you'll be you're not seen for a while. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I mean, you'd be surprised. You, you know, you might think that we get together more often. We actually don't. I mean, there's, there's a few uh, WhatsApp groups that are um, around that people sort of, dip into and and, and um, keep in touch with people. But, yeah, it will be brilliant. I mean, as, as many people that can go will be great. You know, it'd be lovely to see them. Um, yeah, and I must just give a shout-out to all the guys that uh, do such tireless work for, for the X-Players um, Association because without them, John Taylor, Alan Hutchinson, uh, John Bignall, and, and many, many more, um, I just don't know a club that uh, has the same uh, far-reaching effect on on so many players. You know, um, it, it's it's really really impressive the way they reach out to ex-players, and um, we should support it as best we can. I mean, I, I everyone's busy; they have busy lives. But if um, if anyone's listening, any ex-players, please get in touch. Um, get in touch with the guys uh, because it's a brilliant association and. Um, we really need to support it as best we can. Well, it's been fantastic to share your memories. Really appreciate your time. Nice one, Colin. Great to speak to you. Always great to hear from Keith Ryan and a big thank you to the Ex-Players Association as always. Uh, right, time to hear from Charlie Goff, who you may hear uh, on uh, the Saturday afternoon shows, uh, either on Ring the Blues post-match reaction or with Luke Cashman. Uh, he's talking to Colin uh, about the Wickham Wanderers under-19s based at Henley College and starts by talking about how it all got started. It started up the uh, Wickham under-19s two years ago after COVID in 2021. Obviously, they had Henley football there and they were sort of still playing football. It was never linked with Wickham. And then after COVID, it's Sort of, it started up again, and I was I was the first like group back to when it all began again. And I remember getting a trial there, and I was quite impressed with what they had to offer and the teams they were playing. So I remember I got into the team, and then the first year was a learning curve because it's an under 19s league with like Chelsea, Tottenham, and these big players in their leagues, and they're they're very physical, and they're, they're all like 19 year olds sort of. So for all us 16 year olds going in, it was a bit of a learning curve. But I suppose that's how you learn and how you develop as a player playing up against higher level opposition and people much stronger and much older than you so yeah definitely helped develop a few of the players there so and then going into the second year last year we had a bit more of a bigger squad so the year before there was only 30 of us in that first year so it was more dependent on there was two squads it was kind of dependent on injuries and things like that but as soon as the second year came around there was about 60 players in there now so it wasn't so dependent on 
them 30, so there was room to be allowed for a few injuries and things like that. So the second year last year was very positive for all three teams, to be honest. They started up a third team. They brought in uh, Christian Williams, who was the manager of them. I was in between the thirds and the seconds, but they're all really good teams. I mean, the elite team, they were on course to win the league. Had great players in there. I mean, Seb Diversa was in there. Dylan Clark, who Seb's now at Barlow. Dylan Clark should be on onto a higher level as well. And Ethan Clark, who always used to score every week. So yeah, they had good players last year, and they finished about second and third in the league. So um, and also the development teams. I was in the second de- development team. We we were on course to get in the playoffs. I think we lost on goal difference, and we thought we were in, but we weren't. But yeah, that was a shame. But yeah, the last two years have been. There hasn't been much coverage over from Wickham or around on social media. So this year I'm stepping in and running their social media while I'm still involved with the programme. And yeah, I'm just trying to get it out there a bit more and starts here. I'm getting it on the radio and things like that. It sounds a really impressive setup and also standard of football as well. The standard of football is a second to none, really. It's the highest level outside of proper academy football. So for the National Youth League, yeah, you've got to be proper on it and proper good players. And um, yeah, that all helps in development, to be honest. As much as men's football is key as well to helping you develop as a player, playing against these types of players in the National Youth League is another good step as well. I mean, it's not really men's football, but some of the players that do play in it are quite built like men and things like that. So, yeah, it's highly competitive. And that's how you develop as a player, to be honest, testing yourselves against these high-level oppositions. And is there a chance that the youngsters could go on to play for Wickham or perhaps other local clubs as well? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we've seen that already where um, there's a player called Seb Diversa. He's now at Marlow, so he's just signed for Marlow not long ago, a few weeks ago. So it's great for him. And I've heard Wickham could possibly be looking at him for the, the next, because he's still only 16. If you looked at him, you wouldn't really think he's 16. And the way he's built and the way he plays, it's just like a 20-year-old. He's, he's so calm on the ball and so and so composed. So yeah, he signed up for Marlow. I mean, we've got the goalkeeper as well, Harrison. I think he's in sort of step four, step five. Ethan Clark, who left last year, got into step four, step five team at Amersham as well. So, yeah, there's plenty of opportunities after you finish the programme or even when you're on the programme to get a look in at other uh, other teams. And, yeah, I think people that come out out of this programme, um, especially this year and last year, a few of them will go on to a higher level and hopefully we see a few signed up at Wickham in the near future, really, like, like Seb might be in the next few years. So watch out for him. It's really nice to have those names to look out for and great to have that affiliation with the club as well, especially now there isn't an academy there as well. Yeah, that's the thing. The under-19s is really the next step. Obviously, they've got the first team and then the development team that they've just started up and they're sort of looking at more non-league players and uh, younger players that haven't really been noticed yet. But also... I do know that um, Matt Bloomfield and when, especially when Gareth Ainsworth was there, he used to say he used to look at the footage quite a lot from for the under nineteen games on on when they're recorded on the VOs and they do have a look at it and do keep out and keep an eye on them because I don't think they really Wickham really want any any more to slip because um I think they had a few a few years ago in the academy uh, I think Gatlin O'Donker now who's at Oxford I think. And he's getting a look in in the first team now and he's scored a few goals for them. So I think they let him slip a few years ago. So I don't think they want to sort of make that same mistake again. And I mean, Seb Diversa can easily go on to that level. So I think they'll be looking at him and keeping tabs on him and hopefully not letting him fall off their radar and other teams come in through at Marlow. But yeah, let's see what happens there. Now can we follow more about what the under-19s under at Henley are doing? So I'm running all their social medias this year. So um, it's all, I'm trying to get it more out on Instagram and Twitter. Um, they're them to the main focus. Um, 
on Instagram, it's THC uh, Wicked Wanderers. Um, that, that's their Instagram handle. And then I think on Twitter, it's the same, but the at is at Henley Football. So I'm posting all their sort of match day fixtures as they, I've got the design templates and I've set them all up. And then um, I'm posting the lineups for the elite games. So you look out for their names on there and the, the names I've already mentioned, sort of look out for. And then I'm posting the results as well. Um, all, all results, all match days, sort of stuff is covered on there, and I try go to pretty much most home games that are on, and try and go on Twitter and sort of sit there and write out when the goals go in and things like that. So I try to keep uh, everything up to date as much as possible. Um, their facilities are really good. They've got four. They play their home games at Burnham, the elite side, and the development teams play at Cressex, and they've got good gyms there as well. And the quality of coaching is very good as well there. They're all UA for A and B qualified, so they're top-level coaches and they're very useful to learn stuff off. I learned stuff in the last two years of all coaches. They're very helpful and, yeah, like I said, you get to study loads of subjects alongside it. So it's great for personal development and football development at the same time. Online, on Radio Player and on 106.6 FM, this is Wickham Sound. Bill Turnbull, a broadcasting legend whose tireless campaigning for prostate cancer awareness left a lasting legacy for men's health in the UK. Bill's message was clear. I really want you and your loved ones to take this simple online risk check now. Let's honour Bill's legacy together. Let's get men across the UK to check their risk. Let's broadcast it like Bill. Check your risk. Share the risk checker. Save lives. The Wickham Wanderers Show. Thursdays from 7. part of this week's Wickham Wanderers show uh, still to come you'll hear from Wickham Wanderers manager Matt Bloomfield very shortly uh, talking to Phil at this week's press session uh, though time to talk Wickham Wanderers women Colin's been chatting to Wickham Wanderers women forward Katie Riddington I definitely feel that I'm happy with where my game is but there's always that little bit of room for improvement and I do feel that every session I just do keep getting better so that's definitely a bonus for the team and for myself no, absolutely. And does it feel like you're still in the kind of early stage of the season and, and just settling in with you know the new arrivals and, and just getting used to the, the start of the season now? Yeah, definitely. We've had a couple of new players join this season, so we're still just trying to find our feet. But I feel like we're definitely beginning to gel as a team and things are really starting to come together, which is really nice to see. And it must be such a special time as well, obviously with the success of the, the Lionesses at the World Cup and also sort of building on, on last season with the sort of transition period, but now, you know, really kind of getting settled as a, as a team and with the, the coaching staff as well. Yeah, it is a really special time and I feel like we're definitely growing as a team and definitely improving game on game. So I think it's a very special time for us. And as well, some great you know, awareness and you know, your first home league game and, and the 1887 and, and other supporters were there as well. That must have been great to sort of play in front of them. Yeah, it was really good. The atmosphere was great and to have that support there was just amazing. And it really gave us a boost on the pitch to go out and put in a good performance because we knew that those people had come to watch us. So we had to prove to them, you know, this is what Wiccan women are about and this is how we play sort of thing. So what's been your assessment of your, of your initial uh, early season results? I think we've had a good start to the season. First game against Ascot, I think 
we may have come away a little bit disappointed to feel like we could have done better. But the previous two games, we've got a point in each, which is great. I mean, better start to this season, which, I mean, we've got points on the board, so it's definitely a good start for us. So hopefully we can just push on, continue getting the points and start to really build and push for the league. Obviously 2-2 on Sunday as well. That must have felt like, you know, so many positives to have taken from that game. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's always positives, but as well with the positives come the negatives. So there's always that chance to learn from our mistakes. And But the positives massively outweigh the negatives. So it's, it's really good. And you mentioned Ascot. You've got them again soon in, in the FA Cup, of course. Yeah, we've got them in the FA Cup. So that's going to be a big game. Hopefully we can get as many supporters to come to Ascot to give us that little boost that we might need from the stands just to help us put our stamp on the game and really go and try and get the win. And something else, of course, a bit special about last weekend was Charlotte scoring from a corner. That's quite impressive, joining uh, the likes of Joe Jacobson as well, who, who was impressed on social media to see it too. Yeah, I mean, it was a great corner. And I mean, she did it again last night in training. So it's something that she's sort of put her trademark to now. So hopefully we'll see a couple more of them throughout the season and she'll be flying. Yeah, it's getting a bit windy currently as well. Perhaps that'll help others to, to try it as well. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Maybe I might have to have a go this Sunday if the wind continues. <laughs> yeah, that'll be a real help. So how do you go into this week's game? Obviously quite buoyed by recent performances. And as you say, you're getting a bit of consistency in terms of uh, displays and also results now too. I feel like we're pretty confident going into this weekend. I feel like we've got a, a strong squad to go into the game. So hopefully we can go there. We can hopefully keep a clean sheet and we can score lots of goals. And what's the manager said to you all in terms of, sort of where you are and, and the progress that you're making? Um, he's really pleased with the progress at the moment. He sees a lot of progression from last year, which is great. And hopefully he just wants us to keep building and keep progressing and keep going in an upward trajectory and kind of not go backwards. And speaking to some of the new players recently, like Julia and Chelsea as well, it's been fantastic to hear how you know, sort of welcoming they feel. But obviously that won't be a surprise to you because you know, it's such a great group and, and a real kind of family atmosphere at the club. Yeah, there is a real family atmosphere. I mean, from the 18s up to the first team, we all train together. We all get on well. So any new player that comes in gets to know players across all teams. And it is a real family family vibe down at Wickham. So it's really, really nice. And is there anything personally that you hope to achieve this season? Do you set yourself kind of targets and uh, particular parts of the season, things that you'd like to especially do well at? Just hopefully score more goals than what I did last season. I finished top goal scorer last year. So hopefully if I can get that again that'd be great that must have been such a boost for you as well going into especially this new season as well uh, and the awards night as well that you had and really nice to be acknowledged in that way yeah it was really nice and as well getting the players player having the support from players behind me and around me it's just a great feeling knowing that I can go into the season feeling confident scoring goals and just play how I want to play knowing that the support is there when I need it and I'm sure you'll, you'll want to sort of pay tribute, if you like, to the, to the service that you receive as well, because that, that's quite important in your goal scoring. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the balls that we always get for the strikers is, is great. I mean, the service that we get provided with is amazing. So hopefully we can continue on that. And our build-up play recently, just, just teams just can't get near us. So hopefully we can continue building and our build-up play, we can just continue scoring as many goals as we can. Hopefully we can be a high-scoring team. We've got plenty of strikers and plenty of attacking players in the squad, so there's not too much pressure on certain players to score three or four goals in a game. We can share it about and everyone can 
play their part in scoring. And as we sort of touched on, it feels like a great time to a, be involved in the team, you know, as a player, but also to be following uh, Wickham Wanderers women as well. Yeah, I mean, for the fans, it's great. Hopefully they can see that the progression is there and that we're really trying to build and trying to go forward as a team to hopefully push and just have a better league finish than what we did last year. And good luck to the chair girls who are away on Sunday against Winchester City Flyers. Uh, from Wickham Wanderers women to Wickham Wanderers, here is the manager, Matt Bloomfield, talking to Phil earlier today. Gaffer, back to league action and a trip to Charlton. Always a great away day for the fans and good memories for Wickham there down the years as well. Uh, looking forward to this one? Yeah, very much so. I think that, um, you know, big ground, uh, good home support. Obviously, they've got a new manager as well, a really res- well-respected manager who's had a, a real good career um, and someone who we know will do a good job there and, and everywhere he's been. So it's a game to, to really look forward to. Um, you know, we've had a, a good couple of weeks, but we want to make sure that we keep moving forward. There's no no being settled with what we've done. We want to make sure that we're hungry for success and we're hungry to go and get another result. Going there on great form as well. Yeah, we've been we've been all right recently. We've been we've been pleased with different um, bits we've been able to put together. Um, obviously, we really felt that the international break was a a real big couple of weeks for us with the amount of work we were able to get done on the training ground. So um, for me, it's about our mentality and our hunger and our desire to keep tagging on another performance that's all we ask of the boys is to try and tag on another performance if we keep doing that often enough the results will follow so yeah it's all about us with our mentality of enjoying the moment uh, and being hungry for more it's the first of quite a few away trips now in the next four weeks uh, it's, we're going to be doing a few miles now aren't we yeah we are I think we've been quite lucky to, to this point haven't we Bristol wasn't far and Northampton wasn't far but um, you know Charlton's another localish one then we've got Fleetwood coming up we've got a few away days coming up but you know first and foremost we have to be ready to go again at the weekend a couple of the boys got some minutes on Tuesday evening in the EFL Trophy and, and we're able to, to, to rest a couple and a couple are still carrying knocks from Blackpool which is which is unfortunate. So we'll see how those guys recover and, uh, and make sure we've got a team that's, that's ready to go on Saturday afternoon. I was about to ask about the injury situation. We know there's a few long-termers in there, but any news on those? No, 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 nothing to update, I don't think. Jack Grimmer, JJ, Jason McCarthy. Unfortunately, Jason's had a recurrence of his, his injury and he'll be out for a, for a foreseeable future. JJ and Jack as well, unfortunately. They're big characters for us as a football club. You know, Huge players for us over a number of years. So it's a real disappointment to be missing those guys um, but what I do know about them and what I can tell everybody is that they're contributing here at the training ground and in the, ch- in the change room on match days you know they're top characters um, so they're still contributing had, we have got a couple of knocks from last weekend and it's Blackpool so we're still kind of seeing if they're ready to go at the weekend uh, if they're not then we'll have to adjust but we hope to, to have the bodies ready to go I think Jack was doing the Twitter updates on uh, on Tuesday. Oh, was game. he? Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, I, I, we, you know, everyone there loves Jack. He's one of those characters. He wants to be involved all the time. If he's playing, you know, he's right in the thick of it. If he's not playing, he's equally right in the thick of it. You know, along with JJ and, and, and Jace, you know, those those guys, like I say, they're the cornerstone of this football club. They're the fab- fabric of this place. So uh, even when he's not playing, Jack's, Jack finds a way to contribute. Well, Wickham, another chance to play in the green kit, but also... Uh, the medal there from the Prostate Cancer UK walk on Sunday. Uh, many Wickham fans will now own these. Uh, a magnificent day. Yeah, incredible. And, I'm, you know, I'm so proud of our club. You know, you speak to anyone about last weekend with the game against Blackpool and then the, the walk on Sunday. You know, we showcased ourselves as a football club in the best possible way on, on Sunday. You know, supporting such a good 
um, you know, cause. I spoke to Ceci. She was so proud of the way the club supported their family, you know, in Bill's memory and everyone that took part in the walk. Uh, it just shows us as a football club, you know, behind the football, what we're really proud here is the people we are and, and how we conduct ourselves. The supporters were, you know, incredible Saturday and, and even better on Sunday doing the walk and, you know, everyone who took part it was just, it was great. So, um, yeah, real good feeling about the place. We need to make sure that we, we use that as, as energy, but ultimately we have to retain that hunger and desire, which we will, because we're, uh, we're desperate for some more points. Right, on to the Valley. See you in London. Top man. See you, mate. Matt Bloom, Phil, talking to Phil at this week's press session. You can hear that in full on pre-match drills on Wanderers TV later on tonight, or even possibly now. Uh, that's it for this week's show. Thanks for listening. Uh, Colin's back next week at the normal time, or whenever you listen to the podcast. If you're heading to Charlton on Saturday, enjoy. You can listen to live commentary here on Wickham Sound and on Wanderers TV on Saturday. Build up from 2... Have a great week and come on you blues!